What's up, ambitious listeners? So about a month ago, I had the privilege, as I do every year, of going to Watkins Glen International for their annual NASCAR race weekend. In the past few years, as I was growing up, I did it as a fan. Last year, it was a bit more of a business trip as I sat down with Vinnie Miller, Xfinity Series driver and all around great dude but this year we took it up a lot of notches we went from single a to the majors maybe batting 300 it is an absolutely loaded episode that i couldn't have dreamed of producing better there's full-length combos with nascar champion brett moffitt nascar driver slash owner tommy joe martins and veteran nascar driver landon castle all of those interviews are over five minutes long and then i had the privilege of being on pit road before the start of Sunday's race where I got the chance to talk to guys like Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, Ryan Blaney, and some more legends of the sport like Kurt Busch and young up-and-comers like Christopher Bell and Matty D. It was arguably one of the coolest experiences in my life and one of the coolest experiences I've gotten to do. I am so thankful for everyone who made it happen and here it is. Here is my completely untouched, unedited episode of ambitious live from Watkins Glen you're gonna see a lot of it moves quick there was one to two questions with a lot of the big guys and then um, the full-length interviews through are kind of spread out so we'll start with Brett Moffitt and then there's gonna be some little snippets of my conversations with some of the other drivers thrown in there and then also there's the full length with Landon Castle about in the middle of it and then we close out with my full length 13 and a half minute combo with Tommy Joe Martins once again I was on pit road so some of the audio it's gonna be kind of of wish-washy at times but for the most part it is me talking to these guys who have idolized my entire life so it was an incredible experience thanks again to everybody who made it happen and all of this after a quick word from our presenting sponsor liquid iv ambitious is presented by liquid iv Liquid IV is my go-to hydration and energy supplement. It is the top of the line for superior hydration. I personally drink Liquid IV every morning. It helps me get hydrated and energized to start my day, do my regular lifestyle, and do my athletic lifestyle. If I want to get a workout in, I drink Liquid IV beforehand. If I want to hit the books, I drink Liquid IV beforehand. It is a top-notch and good-for-you drink. It tastes delicious as well. My favorite flavor is the lemon ginger, but they have a Kai Berry. They have a limited time pear that they just came out with. They have passion fruit. They have so many varied flavors, so many different purposes. They have different supplements that can come that do different purposes, uh, more hydration focused, more energy focused, more workout focused. Whatever you need, Liquid IV can give it to you. It is a top notch product and it is ambitious approved and you should all go out and buy it right now check out liquid iv all over their social medias and at liquidiv.com to get you some liquid iv today get hydrated and get the best hydration you possibly can and do it with liquid iv now back to the show so first off congratulations baby on the way as you prepare to enter fatherhood what lessons are you going to be able to take from the track towards that um well, I probably won't really know until it happens, but I would imagine, um, you know, patience. Um, I, man, I don't know. I, it's until you're in that position, I don't think you you really are prepared or fully prepared. Obviously, you know, it's the the racing community is a great community, and a lot of people um, give helpful advice and and are always there for you and have your back. So I think just you know, 
the relationships you grow in racing is probably going to be good ones to rely on. What's the best piece of advice you heard from another driver about entering fatherhood? Um, that anything that you want to do now, get it over with because you're not going to have any time. <laughs> um, that's been from a lot of people, but uh, yeah, so I'm excited about it. Um, but uh, yeah, obviously life is going to change quite a bit. Yeah. So looking back on your career to this point, when did you realize this was your calling? Um, you know, it really, I started go-karting kind of at a late age. I was nine or 10 when I started and uh, found success there fairly quickly. And as we moved up through the ranks, I never really, or we never really started racing as a, a career or that being the goal. Um, but as I moved up through the ranks um, and kept having success at higher levels, uh, that kind of became the point of like, okay, let's see how far this can go. And, um, you know, it's been a very tough journey to, to get here and then to stay here, but uh, it's been very rewarding and, and hopefully we can keep going for many years. So talking about that journey, you've won a Camping World Truck Series title, you were Spring Cup Rookie of the Year, and you've been a consistent star in the series. Of all that you've achieved, which accolade has been your proudest? Um, you know, I, I would say the truck championship, you know, definitely was, was probably the biggest moment. Um, you know, I remember it's not going to sound near as high, but when I ran eighth at Atlanta in the MWR car, that really kind of put me on the map. And that was a huge moment because I was very young and inexperienced and got thrown in the cup right away. And um, to have a good run there was huge. So those those are really the two biggest. So now you've become a full-time driver in the Xfinity Series this year. Given the way your journey has went to this point, what's this new chapter been like? Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, working for Our Motorsports and Chris Hour has been extremely great so far um and and we continue to build and move this race team in the right direction and um you know to to race and to compete with the cup affiliate teams and you know to be up there week in week out is is really impressive for such a young team and hopefully we can keep building that direction so looking towards the remainder of the season what's your biggest expectation or most realistic expectation i guess uh to win today (laughs) <laughs> you know, I, I just, you know, like I said, it's it's all about building this race team and continuing to improve. And uh, so far, we've we've had some major bumps in the road, but everyone has pulled together and we've been able to do that. So as long as we can keep on that path and, you know, keep getting better day by day, I, I think that's what I expect of the race team and that's what I expect of myself. Very good perspective. Now, this year's obviously been wild and past year and a half with the pandemic and managing all that. What's been the biggest challenge from your perspective? Uh, the biggest challenge, you know, for us, it was actually less, you know, less stress at the track, just not having anybody there. And it was actually kind of easier. But, um, you know, with that being said, it, it was, you know, kind of depressing not having fans at the track and, and not being able to do interviews and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I used to always complain about sitting in post-race traffic where now I'm excited to see it and, and don't mind it just because I know it means everyone's back here having a good time and that our sport is, is back on the up. Good, I think, for all facets of life to back a little bit to normal. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, little unorthodox question, but if you could be any kind of boat, what kind of boat would you be? <laughs> I would say a wake boat, like a mastercraft or malibu just because they're fun um you know it's nothing too serious but you can go out and enjoy it with friends and that's uh that's what i enjoy doing good answer my last question for you is what do you want your legacy to be i have no idea on that one um i would like to you know be a cup champion one day and 
and compete for wins in that series. But uh, you just never know what's going to happen. Um, you know, I guess at the at the end of the day, um, you know, no one's going to look back on your life and say, oh, he was really good at driving race cars. It's how you affect and interact with people. So, um, you know, I would like to be remembered away from the racetrack as much as I am for my racing. That's an awesome answer. Brett, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. It was nice meeting you. Nice meeting you as well. I don't right now. I got a lot of the ones though, so yeah. I would say like a basic answer would be the ones. Do you have a pair that you want that you don't have? You gotta make a spreadsheet or something. Man. I know. You're the shoe guy, right? Are you the shoe guy? Not really. You're not, not shoe guy? No. I mean, these are dirty. You're wearing so. Adidas, so. They're dirty, so. <laughs> Jordan wouldn't be happy right now. He's good with Nikes. I'm a bro. We're wearing Nikes. That's all right. I know somebody. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but before yeah. you head out, you become one of the emerging mainstream faces of the sport. Does that come with any added pressure at all? Uh, if you let it. Um, you know, obviously I look different. I kind of act different than other drivers. And, you know, I accept that. I'm comfortable with that. I'm comfortable with my own skin and, and being who I am. Um, and so I still focus on what we need to do on the racetrack, uh, winning races and being competitive and going out and, just being the best that I can be on the racetrack, let everything else settle in place. All right, so I gotta ask you this. I asked Kyle this, I asked Maddie D this. Yep. If you could be any kind of boat, what kind of boat, boat? would you? A boat. Uh, I, like, I like company, so I'd be a pontoon boat. All right. Yeah. That's, that's probably the best answer cool. I think I heard today, too. All right. Good luck today, Bubba. Cool. Thank, Thank you. you. Appreciate it. Kyle, you've had an amazing season this year and a very strong start. Do you ever think about the added pressure being the emerging, one of the emerging faces of the sport? I don't, no. Um, I think I think partially just because I'm so busy racing, I don't really have time to like sit down and think about anything like that. But at the same point, too, you know, I'm a race car driver, and um, if I'm out there racing a lot and, and winning lots of races, you know, it's I know it's growing the sport, so I don't I'm just doing what I love and, and naturally it's it's hopefully growing the sport. So um, yeah, that's that's kinda of my take on it. On a personal note, great to see you back here. How Thank great you. does it feel to be back at the Glen? Yeah, it's cool. Um, I always love coming to this this area. Um, you know, usually we're we're here and here for a few days, you know, so it's a little bit different, you're just flying in and racing, but um, yeah, I love this area. It's really pretty and, and kind of reminds me of home a little bit. I know it's the total opposite end of the United States, but just you know, with the hills and, and all the green and stuff, so um, you know, wineries and things like that. So, yeah, glad, glad we're here and hope we can have a good race. All right, so stranger, lighter question before you leave. I asked Maddie D this before. If it could be any kind of boat, what kind of boat would it be? A boat? A boat. I mean, a yacht for sure. <laughs> Seems to be the consensus answer. Yeah. Who doesn't, who doesn't like a yacht? <laughs> well, good answer, and good luck today. Thank yep. you. Chase, this was the site of your first win, and in the time of not coming here last year, you won a championship. Is it a little bit of a full circle moment coming back here now a Cup Series champion? Uh, I'm not you know, I'm not sure the day feels any different. You know, it'll always, like I said a minute ago, it'll always be special, and there's always going to be things about it that, you know, regardless of how things go from now to the end of my racing days, you know, this is the place we won our first race and you know, that'll always be special because of that so you know I feel like the as I said earlier too I feel like the people around here know how special it is to me and, and uh, I can kind of feel and sense that energy too which is really neat you know because I'm from nowhere near here so it's kind of cool. Awesome. Good luck to yeah. the
How much have you leaned on Martin, Denny, and Kyle's experience, obviously the two-year layoff too since you've been here, with getting adjusted and acclimated this week? Yeah, I mean, Kyle is probably our benchmark going into Watkins Glen. Like, you look at the racetracks, and Sonoma is, is probably Martin's best track, and uh, Kyle's definitely one of the best here at Watkins Glen. So um, I got to race with him as a teammate a couple years ago in the Xfinity Series, and he pretty much smoked us, and I think he had a, he had a DNF that day, but uh, his car was really fast. So uh, really paying attention to his driving style and, and what he does to get around here, and hopefully I can mimic it. Did you talk to Ty at all yesterday? Obviously, he put on a good performance in Xfinity and pick up some notes from uh, I haven't got to talk to Ty, no. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Have a good one. All right, Kurt, What's up, thank buddy? you very much for doing this. So my first question for you is, where does Watkins rank among your all-time favorite tracks? Uh, Watkins, in all honesty, it's one of my top five. Uh, it, it's an historic racetrack, and the challenge of this track is has been one that, that took me in right away. Like, oh, this is a cool track with its Formula One history, all of its sports car history. And when I got to race here in the trucks for my first ever time, I was so intimidated by this track. And so when it, something sticks with you early in your career, it, it, it sticks with you for a while. So I, I, I like to rank Watkins Glen, like Indianapolis, uh, Charlotte, Darlington. And I just haven't quite won here in a cup car yet. I've got a second, one in, in Xfinity, and a second in a truck. So hopefully today can be the day where I break through. Speaking of Indianapolis. Martin, you have finished in the top year over the past few years, but despite that, obviously there was a year layoff. Do you think, I mentioned this to Kyle too, is there going to be a little bit of rust coming off on the first few laps? I don't think so. I mean, you know, first two, three laps, everywhere you go, it's always, you know, on a road course like this, you're trying to feel it out and, um, you know, not make a big mistake, go off the track or whatever. So I know my marks, I know where I need to be, and, um, you know, just trying to, you know, starting ninth, we'll have to work through that a little bit, but uh, not really rust, just reacclimation. You know, uh, it always takes a lap or two. This, particularly here, because it's so fast, to hit your marks exactly. Where does Watkins rank among your favorite tracks? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's up there for sure. I, I have a hard time ranking favorite tracks. I mean, you know, your favorite one is your next win, I guess. So, um, hopefully, that'll be us here today. Good luck today. Thanks. Obviously, this week, big announcement heading to track house racing. What's that been like, and what has the out, I guess, the reaction been internally within your support group? I guess the past couple of days. Yeah, well, I mean, first off, it's it's uh, relief that we're we're going to be around, <laughs> and then it's it's realizing the opportunity we have in front of us. Our track house and with the one in the ninety nine are are, are going to be a Chevrolet back team. Um, they're going to have the same support that that CGR does now. And that, that's important. That's that's big in today's NASCAR world. Going into the next gen car, um, you know, our group just realizes the opportunity we have in front of us is, is big, and, and um, I'm just excited to be a part of that. How important is it for you guys with everything with CGR to go out and have one last ride at a lot of these tracks, walking specifically? Um, I mean, I think it makes for a good story, but I, we're just we're just racers, man. So. You're going to see a lot of people around um, in the future, uh, familiar faces um, in the in the garage, whether they're at track house or not. Um, so I, I think that I think that we we all know that we're not ready to, to get out of the sport. So we're going to be at Watkins Glen next year, uh, you know, barring any COVID restrictions and um, under new ownership, but a lot of familiar faces, and um, it's really going to be um, yeah. So we're just we're just full speed ahead to win races, and we know we can. Awesome. Thank you very much. Russ. Yep. Good luck today. Thank you. So you've been a mainstay in the sport now for over a decade and a half. When did you realize that this was your calling? 
Um, well, much long, much earlier than that. I just always wanted to race and be a race car driver. And fortunately, it's really all I've ever done, so I never thought otherwise. So kind of ebbs and flows to your career as have every driver, but through it all, was there ever a moment where you doubted yourself? Oh, I've had plenty of doubts. I mean, it's it's it hasn't been easy this entire time, and um, you know, I've I've I've. Uh, I've had a pretty pure career as a race car driver in terms of the jobs that I've gotten um, have been for the most part on my driving ability and um, and but I've also you know I've I've lost jobs for not not having the results that we needed I've gotten jobs because of re- good results um, and I've I've had sponsorship I've not had sponsorship it's I've kind of been, had it all so you know, it, it just hasn't been easy, but uh, but that's that's been my business. Going into the remainder of this season, what's your biggest goal? Man, I really just want to finish strong for Johnny. I mean, we really want to be in the top twenty, and owners' points would be big for this team, um, and, and just have a strong finish for JD. How are you feeling going into everything at the Glen today? <laughs> I love, you know, I, I enjoy this this track, this road course. Um, it's it's great for stock cars, and um, so I, I always I always love coming here. What's one thing if you could go back to the start of your career that you would have done different? Um, oh, I don't know. I mean, you know, I think that um, it, it, that's just so hard to say. I mean, every you make so many decisions in this business on a daily basis, and um, and. You know, I, I think that relationships are the biggest thing, and and I think that you know if I could go back and start over again and just be even stronger with every relationship, I think I you'd have even more success. Great, great answer. Now you've had the opportunity to race at some of the most historic tracks on the circuit. Looking back at it, which has been your favorite? My favorite. I mean, it's just hard to beat Daytona. Um, it's you know you can't beat Daytona. There's a reason that the Daytona 500 is the, is the greatest race on earth, and um, and I think it's because it's probably on the greatest track on earth. That's a hell of an answer. So earlier today I talked to Tommy Joe Martins and asked him his Mount Rushmore of drivers. You were on that Mount Rushmore <laughs> of drivers and people he's looked up to and looked to as role models. So asking you the same question: Who are four guys that you've looked up to throughout your career? Oh man! I first of all, Tommy, I appreciate that. And, you know, he's he's uh, he's a very good driver. He's he's a good racer. He owns a race team. He's got a lot of ambition, and, and even more important than that ambition, he acts on it, and that's uh, pretty admirable. And he's going to go a long ways in the sport because of it. Uh, my Mount Rushmore would definitely have Mark Martin, Gary Saint Amant on it. Uh, Gary Saint Amant is a is an Ohio short tracker that. Um, did a lot for me early in my career uh, when I was a teenager. It taught me a lot about racing and and how to race smart um, and and how to race, you know, and keep your car in one piece and maximize every lap. Um, so Gary would be on my Mount Rushmore for sure, and I would say Jimmy Johnson would be on my Mount Rushmore as well. Um, and yeah, you know, Dale Earnhardt. All good answers. Now, looking back at everything you've accomplished, everything you plan to accomplish, what do you want your legacy to be? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if you, if you can, 
if you can uh, decide that, I think that uh, the people you influence and, and touch along the way are the ones that decide what your legacy is. Very good answer. Now my last question, a little bit of an unorthodox one. If you could be any kind of boat, what boat and why? <laughs> uh, one of those uh, handmade cardboard boats that they do at a swimming pool in a summer 4th of July um, celebration competition. <laughs> like a father-son boat contest thing. I've got to say, I've asked that question to a lot of people. That is the most specific answer I think I've ever gotten to that question. Oh, man. Thanks, man. Thank you very much. Kyle, there was a layoff in the last time you've been here. You mentioned, though, how consistent you've been here. Do you think there's going to be a little bit of knocking the rust off the first few laps? Uh, a little bit, yeah. But the, the, the simulator and everything that everybody does these days, you know, that, that's kind of the way of knocking the rust off. And so I did that earlier last week and, and was able to do some of that stuff to run some laps, just kind of familiarize yourself again with the line that you run around here and the breaking points that you do. And, I mean, it's embedded in my mind anyway from running here for so many years. But, um, you know, it's a good opportunity to get going again with, with the sim. Thank you very much, Kyle. Good luck. Yeah. Real quick. First question for you is obviously the season been crazy, COVID and everything. What's been the biggest challenge navigating this season, especially after last season too? I think you had a lot of experience, you know, of what you were comfortable and not comfortable with after last year, just because of the fact that um, you know we went we went through everything that we went through last year. So you kind of had an idea of of what you what you like to do and what you didn't like to do. So. Um, you know, I think this year you, you have to, um, you know, you got to balance, new balance just because, you know, there's more people and different scenarios and kind of getting used to, to going back into all that. So it's, you know, it's, it's definitely back to a weekly challenge, it seems, you know, know with all you, the new mass mandates and things that came this week. Sorry about that. We know how you feel about Indy. Um, I'm not going to ask you to say one reason or another, but can you say why you feel so strongly that way? I know Rick Mears is a big idol of yours growing up, and a lot of drivers concur with you. Kyle said the same thing, that going to the road course is not going to be the same as the old ball. ball. No. You know, for, for me, you know, I grew up with a certain perception of, you know, how I wanted to race, and I just believe that with, you know, the biggest racing series in the country that you, when you go to the Brickyard, you race on the oval. Kevin, welcome back to Watkins Glen. Just what's it mean for you to be back in the Empire State? Yeah, you know, the Watkins Glen has been just a, such a great racetrack, you know, for the last several years, you know, is a decade with all the fans and everything that, um, you know, they've done up here. And the enthusiasm that comes with, with uh, coming to this particular race has been a lot of fun through the last several years. So missing last year kind of stinks. Um, but, you know, I know that that enthusiasm and excitement will still be here this year, and we're looking forward to it. What do you remember from your win here in 2006? Um, just racing with Tony. You know, obviously Tony was on top of his game at that particular point, and, and you know, we had, had done a good job of, of making our stuff better. And, and, you know, I think when, when you look at, when you look at um, um, you know, that particular race, it was, you know, Tony and I at the end. So, you know, to, to be able to run with him and race with him and, and win, uh, was was definitely a, a good accomplishment. It's been tough this season for you when it comes to the stages. However, though, you're finishing really consistent, so I want to ask, what, is it t what does it take pretty much uh, in the Cup yeah. Series this season to get that first win? I know we've seen the variety of wins. Fast cars. <laughs> <laughs> One more thing, uh, 750 horses and uh, low downforce. Are you expecting more passing? or? Um, I'm not sure. 
we haven't raced it ra raced that way here in a while so it's got to be better than high downforce though yeah it's been a lot of weekends how we raced yeah yeah how'd you do they did good yeah we had a good good couple weeks and good really three weeks so um so yeah it did good did you ever shop at all and what the, what's the vibe like now that eric wants um i haven't been in the shop do you dust off the video of that, that went to six? I dust Did you it ever off. Go and look at it. I mean, it's just hey, Steve. Because it was a pretty remarkable pass. Yeah. No. I mean, it was just um, you know, it's a long time ago, so I'm not much of a. I don't go back and and do uh, do stuff like that typically. This is a little bit of a heavier question, but you're moving forward in your career. Do you ever stop and think about what you want your legacy to be and the landmark you want to leave on the sport? Not really. Just go as Let's go. Yep. Drive the car week to week and see how it all all unfolds. Good answer. Yeah. Good luck to the company. Thanks. Two year layoff and the last time you guys came to the Glen. Do you think it's gonna be a little harder to knock some of the rust off for the first couple laps or Um Yeah, maybe a little bit. Because uh, and then honestly, you know, last time we were here was the high downforce stuff. So kinda of going back three years of all right, how do you run the low downforce stuff here? Um but, you know, we've been the simulator and stuff like that, and that gives you a pretty pretty good general sense of what to expect. But I feel like everybody, you know, on, on the cup deal, we've been pretty pretty respectful of each other the first couple laps, kind of getting back into the rhythm of things. But, yeah, separately as a driver, you're going to be – it's going to take you a little bit to kind of get perfected here just because you haven't been here in, you know, a couple of years. So, uh, but, but I think everyone will pick it up pretty quick, and you hope you're the first one to pick it up the best. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Ryan. Good luck today. Thanks. Chris, you've had a lot of strong performances this season, but you mentioned where it's like those top cars upset. Have you kind of thrived, I guess, being in that underdog situation? Um, you know, I, I don't know that it's been something that uh, has really helped us. There's uh, I, I haven't minded it through my career. Uh, I've liked being under the radar in a lot of different different racetracks and or a lot of different series. Uh, you know, going through it uh, a lot of different ways and, and had success uh, every every step along the way. Um, you know, with our uh, our season right now and as many different winners we had, um, it, it's it's strange. It's, it's just different. You know, it's just not something that anybody would have guessed. And uh, especially it started out, and you, know, you get to five or six or, or eight winners, and you're like, all right, that's got to be it, and it just keeps going. So that is, um, you know, it's just put us in this situation where uh, we we got to be one of those winners at this point if, uh, if we're going to get into the playoffs. Absolutely, thank you. What's your expectation for today? Go win. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> I the best know. answer. Unexpected is a lot of times as road courses, you never know. Um, you know, possible weather. Uh, can really change a lot of things. Strategy options are, are really out there a lot. Um, so all kind of depends on how the day's going. So one other thing I want to ask you, I was reading a couple of things. What is your plan on growing the community and growing the sport? I know you interview a while back, you mentioned something like that about how you wanted to grow the sport over the next year. Do you have any plans in motion to uh, work towards that? Well, I think it's the biggest thing is, is trying to just involve yourself in the conversations right because there's constant conversations between nascar owners uh different members of teams however you want to look at it um and including yourself into those conversations as a driver in that perspective uh it's a different perspective than what everybody else has right so the more we all work together um you know comes you know for, for our sport is usually best right um so getting different opinions and putting them all together and figuring out what's best right it doesn't mean i have the best opinions every time but i have a different one than 
most in the room uh, as a driver uh, going through it all. So um, that's that's what I mean when I say that. Awesome. Thank you very much, Joey. Good luck. Joey, did the Has it added a sense of relief, you know, being able to put it in God's hands, I guess, in terms of all that's been going on right now and all the uncertainty? Uh, I would say trust would be the word that, that I would use. Um, relief would be hard because hard to say or use because, man, life's it don't make life easy. You know, uh, life is not easy for, for us here on earth. Um, but life on earth ain't home. It shouldn't feel like home. It's, it's sure as heck not a cruise ship living, living on earth for anybody. Everybody's broken. Everybody battles things. That's why when people are like, oh, what's it like being a professional athlete and dealing with these things? I'm like, it's no different than everybody. You're, you have struggles in life. You have struggles in life. Everybody has battles and challenges for their family and their careers. So it's no different. Um, but, yes, it puts all of life under perspective um and it gives you a piece about all of it it doesn't make it fun i'm like oh I'm cool lost my ride i don't know what i'm doing next it doesn't make it fun it just gives you a trust and an understanding that it's going to work out how it's supposed to and you have to put it in god's hands because we can pretend we're in control as much as we want we're not you know that's just that's i'm a real i'm a i'm a realist um and we're not but what we are in control of is the fact that we have free will to choose what we want to do uh, we have free will to choose how hard we work we have free will to choose or choose God or choose to reject God we have that free will we have the free will to do all these things that's the greatest gift we have um, but yeah it doesn't mean you just sit back and kind of cruise and be like oh, I'll just cruise along and see what happens I mean I, you put 100% effort into it and also trust it's going to work out how it's, how it's supposed to now going back to back to back so on a lighter note, before you head out, obviously we talked about a lot of heavy stuff in this, but uh, I asked Landon Castle this yesterday. Strange question. If you could be any kind of boat, what kind of boat would you be? Any kind of boat? Um, I would be, uh, I, I think I would be a yacht because you're cruising along and people are probably having a pretty good time. <laughs> That's a good answer. Yeah. Thank you, man. Good luck to you, man. Good Thanks. Luck so when did you realize that this is what you wanted to do with your life? Uh, I, I would say the first instincts of it was when I was a little kid. Uh, I fell in love with it when I was really young. I really fell in love with drag racing, first thing. And then very quickly was like, well, that feels like that has a lot more to do with a car. <laughs> and so I, I wanted to do something that I, I felt like I could have more impact uh, with. And I mean, I, the car obviously still has a whole lot to do with what we do here. But uh, yeah, that was, it was early on. I kind of bounced around between different things I wanted to do. I wanted to be a stunt man. I wanted to be a, a monster truck driver. I wanted to be a fighter pilot. Uh, but, but racing was always something I was really passionate about. So to do it at the level that we're doing it at now, uh, probably not something that I ever really expected us to be able to do. So it's cool, it's cool to look here and, and see it. And at 34, you're an accomplished driver. You're an owner. And yet, two weeks ago, you announced you're taking a step back. You're going to let other drivers pilot the 44 car next year. Was that a hard decision to come to? Or? Uh, to me, it was really an easy decision. Uh, it was a financial decision to make it better for my family and better for the team as a whole. Uh, I feel like the part of the field that we're competing in now, uh, just a lot like Jeremy Clements, uh, he's able to do so much with a smaller team. And I feel like we've been able to do the same thing. There's other guys that are doing it as well. Uh, but eventually, to try to take the next step, it's just going to take more funding. And so rather than just having one driver try to work on that, I feel like it'd probably be a better idea to have multiple. And my sponsors are perfectly okay with me 
uh, just running a more limited schedule, somewhere between 10 and 15 races, and we're going to kind of settle on that. So I'm still going to be in the seat plenty, but I think uh, we're going to be able to open up the, the door to let some other people have an opportunity on a really good team. Now, are you excited to do that and kind of get some new guys in here and fresh blood and give some opportunities? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we're going to announce one of those drivers at the end of next month. Well, two of them anyway. And uh, we're really excited to do it. So it's exciting times ahead here. That's why I'm not hanging my head about it. Uh, I'm still going to get to race plenty. I still got great partners with us like Gilry Farms and AAN Adjusters and uh, Marco Rebellion, who's going to be with us at Indy next week, Diamond Gusset. Uh, all the people that have come on, even part-time now, I mean, like Super Mega and uh, like the race we did at Charlotte earlier this year and uh, Discover Denton, Texas. Like we, we keep kind of moving the ball forward here, uh, but to take the next big step, it's going to take just a little more than what we've been able to raise. So obviously everything's been crazy this year with COVID, but what's been the most challenging aspect of navigating the pandemic from an ownership perspective and then also the driver perspective? I think it's the unknowns, really, because uh, it's shifted so much. Uh, I remember when we first were dealing with it, we just weren't sure when we were going back. Uh, we had laid some people, guys off, and then it was like, well, we might be going back. So then we got guys back in the shop, and how could we do that safely? Uh, and now we've been able to learn so much more about uh, the virus. And now with the protocols we're putting in place, and NASCAR's put back out a mask mandate for indoor places, and, and it just feels like it's always changing. Uh, I would say that's probably the hardest thing is when you just don't know exactly what the protocol is going to be, and NASCAR's doing the best they can do with it, but it's just it's always a moving target. So you touched on this a little bit, but what does the future look like for Martin's Motorsports? Uh, I think the future is eventually me, uh, probably just strictly an ownership role uh, for us. I think right now I'm still enjoying racing. I feel like I'm still doing it at a high level. Um, we're still able to be competitive. Uh, but eventually I know as I want to settle down and, and have a family and kind of move forward with my life and do some other things that I want to do, uh, it's probably going to be more in the ownership role. And that's why I'm hoping some of the drivers we bring in next year we're wanting them to grow into full-time drivers for our team. That's our, our plan long-term. Um, I still really like Martin's Motorsports being a one-car, small uh, team. Uh, not trying to grow too big here, but, you know, opportunities present themselves. Uh, so I, I'm not going to ever say that we wouldn't grow. It's just, uh, for now, I'm really happy where we're at. I'm really happy with the people that we have. So it's just about putting them in a position to be successful. So you're leaving the door open, but you're content where everything's at oh, right now. Oh, yeah. I'm really happy with, with what we've been able to do this year as a program. Right now, we're accomplishing all of our goals. I'd like us to get a couple top tens here before the year's over with. Those were something that we wanted to try to knock down. We've had opportunities this year. It's just, for whatever reason, bad luck here or there. But we, we consistently run in a part of the field that I felt like uh, was the goal to run inside the top 15, inside the top 20 consistently. We've been able to do that. Well, you just touched on that. You finished 15th at Road America and coming off a top 15 finish. What can you take away from that performance as you look towards today's race here at the Glen? Yeah, so the car that we ran there, that was our road course car that we really focused on. Um, this year, we felt like that would make us better as a team, is having a dedicated road course car. This car really is the backup, the one that we're running here at Watkins Glen. This is our road course car from last year, which is kind of a short track uh, road course hybrid. Um, we really struggled with it when we took it to uh, Daytona earlier this year to the Daytona Road Course, but this is the second race of the year with it. Uh, it's good to have two weeks off to be able to work on it and really grind on it. I feel like we're, we've really made it a whole lot better. So, uh, Road courses are something that I've always felt like were a strength for me. 
uh, I've, I've never claimed to be an elite road racer. We're racing against some guys in this series that are really, really good, like Austin Cendrick and Alex LeBay and uh, even Preston Hardis. Um, some guys that really stand out in my mind, guys that I've raced that are great road racers. Um, I would put myself in that class, but I do think I'm really competent at it. And I do think it's an advantage for me against a lot of the guys in the field. So when we come to places like this, I really look forward to it. So what's one thing that the common fan misunderstands about the sport? How much it costs. <laughs> that's, that's something that I've been really vocal about. Uh, and the thing is, the common fan doesn't care. And, and I don't blame them. I wouldn't care either. Uh, I think they do care about seeing their drivers out there on the racetrack and, and people that they really want to root for. And so what I would tell the common fan is if, if you do care about seeing your favorite drivers get more opportunities, then you should care about how much money the teams are getting paid. Because that, the fact that this costs so much is really obstructive to guys and girls getting opportunities in these race cars. So like for me as a team owner, if I knew that our team was a break-even deal next year or, or making a little bit of money from the prize money and the little sponsorship that we had, well, I would be a lot more likely to probably give up more of the races and, and put another, another driver in the car that I felt like could raise the awareness of my team, raise the marketing level of my team. But right now, I, I have to get a certain amount per race or we, we're not even breaking even. So if you're a fan of uh, somebody like Kaz Gralla, if you're a fan of uh, somebody like a, uh, Ryan Newman now going into an offseason, you should really want the teams to be breaking even because that's going to allow really good drivers to stay in the seat more and not have things like, you know, getting out of the seat and you hear them talk about funding. No, nobody wants to talk about that. Well, then we need to talk about the money on the front end. So on a lighter note, um, if you could look back at, I guess, all time and pinpoint four guys at Mount Rushmore of drivers who, let's go more that you've looked up to, who would those four guys be? Uh, like if we're talking like the best all time or the people that I the people that you look up to are my favorites okay uh-huh. uh, for me Kyle Petty was always the number one guy for me always really like watching him race and he's a guy that uh, I feel like is lost in history a little bit about just how good he was especially in the early 90s with the Sabco car which was the best car he ever got to drive so he's one uh, for sure uh, Lane and Castle is another guy that I would put I mean just in my personal uh, journey. I, I raced against Landon in late models and saw him go up to have a lot of success in the Cup Series. I mean, even though it was moderated success with smaller teams, he was a guy that I just always compared myself to and now with a chance to race against him every week and, and see just how talented the guy is uh, on, a, on a smaller team just like mine and getting to have those battles with him and, and just kind of seeing our careers finally back kind of in the same place from where we, where we started. That's been pretty fun uh gosh guys that i've really looked up to you know the thing is man when you're in this <laughs> when you're in it it's kind of hard to be looking up anymore uh but guys that i rooted for in the cup series i mean i think denny hamlin is really 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 good um same thing he's a guy that i just don't think it's enough credit for just how good he is uh, everybody wants to point to him being a great plate racer He's just a great racer, period. He's, he's always in the hunt every year, and I get that he's on a great team, but he's always in the mix um, at all times. Uh, so that's somebody that I really looked up to. And uh, when I think about you know maybe having like a longer career in the sport, and somebody that was pretty influential to me was was really uh, Jeff Green, and I got to spend a lot of time with him. Same thing on smaller teams and racing around and in the back and hanging out. 
Uh, you know, I, I could probably put BJ McLeod in the same. If I can do half a face on both of them, really the time that I spent over there with him, uh, really just incredible to learn uh, from both of those guys. And now BJ with what they've got going on with Live Fast Motorsports. And Carl Long, that's another one. Sorry, I'm, I'm adding to the list here, but I learned I learned so much from him. A little bit that I got to drive for them for, for six months as a. Sorry, excuse me. Yeah, come on through. Getting to drive for him as a, you know, as a smaller team guy, and just seeing how those guys operated their business and, and kind of trying to. Obviously, I had my own differences and ways that I wanted to do things, but uh, definitely applying some of what I learned over there with them to to the 44 car and how we operate Martin's Motorsports now. So, a lot of stuff that I've learned from a lot of different people. It's it's hard when you say look up to drivers. It's like, well, shit, I'm trying to beat everybody. So it's like I don't want to. I don't want to look up to him too much. I mean, there's definitely there's so many guys that I respect out here, and that's that's what I've learned. I think when you come in as a rookie and you're doing this, first of all, your eyes are so wide open that you're actually getting to race in NASCAR. Um, there's a little bit of the shock value to it. And then when you get to racing everybody, and you just see how good everybody is in all parts of the field. Uh, when you're watching on TV and you look at a guy like Garrett Smithley and you go, Oh man, you know Garrett Smith. He's a guy that says he's never won a late model race. I could beat this guy, and it's like, well, you know, Garrett's made like over a hundred something NASCAR starts. He's actually really good, you know. Like everybody out here that's doing this is really good. Uh, so it's it's tough to explain that level of competition to somebody until they get out here and do it. Uh, as a side note here, I know we're this is off topic, but like Brad Perez. A guy that was my, is my tire guy on the 44 car, and he got to run in the ARCA race yesterday, and we were all pulling for him. And I said to Brad, you know, afterwards, I was like, so what was that like? And he said, yeah, man, it's, it was an adjustment. It's like, okay, well, you think is you make that adjustment, and then you go up a level. And then you make that adjustment, and then you go up a level. And it is absolutely a eyes-wide-open experience every level that you go to. And I'm sure the cup level is the same thing, and I've heard other, heard other guys talk about it. So a lot of respect for all the guys that have been able to stay in this doing it for a longer period of time guys like david Starr, who's who made a living out here as drivers i just i know how hard it is as somebody that's tried to do it so there's so many guys that i look up to so my last question for you here and that was an awesome answer is when it's all said and done life as a whole what do you want your legacy to have been uh in nascar i, I think my legacy is kind of set right i mean it's I've, I've been kind of a smaller team guy i've been very vocal about it um if, if anything, I, I think I want my legacy to have been that hopefully I, I help the awareness of the media and uh, other owners and people in the garage uh, to just realize what a lot of these teams are going through to be here at the racetrack each and every week and, and what it takes to be competitive and, and really what they're up against. Uh, you know, we're racing against today, my team, Martin's Motorsports, is racing against Penske and Joe Gibbs and RCR and. Uh, you know, Dale Earnhardt Jr., so basically Hendrick, uh, and we're, we're racing them in a car race today. And like, that's, that's, that's kind of a tall task. So when you go out here and you're able to beat a few of them, uh, it's a really satisfying feeling. And so I think it should be celebrated. I think it ought to be celebrated more. Um, I think about like what we do in the Xfinity Series and the Cup Series, and just like in Formula One, they, like they talk about when guys are having great days on a Formula One team, when they're overachieving. And I think we ought to strive for that same level of awareness when we talk about people overachieving in, in the NASCAR ranks. And, and I think that would bring more light. That would bring more Ross Chastain's. That would bring more Ryan Priest-type people up there to the forefront there in the Cup Series. Alex Bowman's another one I think of. Matt Benedetto. 
you've seen all of the people that I'm talking about that were standing out and get an opportunity, how much they've been able to achieve. And I would just like to see that happen to more people. It's a great perspective and uh, hopefully that can continue in the future. And thank you again. Yeah. My thanks once again to everybody who made this incredible experience happen and my thanks to all of the drivers who did full-length interviews and even just short questions. Can't thank you enough. Um, I'm going to be having a article about Matt DiBendetto's answer where he talked about putting his faith in God's hands about his future. Uh, that'll be coming on Empire Sports Media within the next week. I also will have the transcripts of the interview with Tommy Joe Martins, Landed Castle, and Brett Moffitt up as exclusive Q&As over the next few weeks as well before the season ends. And I can't thank you enough for your continued support. Obviously, this past summer has been rocky in terms of posting, but as I mentioned at the past, I graduated high school, and then recently I just started at Penn State University. So as you can imagine, doing this podcast while moving into college, adjusting in college, starting classes, has been a challenge while also navigating my summer as I prepared for college. But as I establish a routine here, episodes will continue. I can't promise every week, but I'm going to try my damnedest to make it happen. With that said, if you'd like to continue along with this incredible journey, follow us on Instagram at Ambitious Podcast, Twitter Ambitious with DP, YouTube Ambitious Ambitious with Dylan Price, and you can follow my social media at Dylan.Price1127 on Instagram. I hope you have an amazing, amazing week, Ambitious listeners, and we'll be back at you hopefully next week with an incredible conversation with two great coaches in Southern Missouri or Missouri Southern head coach Atiba Bradley and North Dakota State College of Science offensive line coach Speedy Gonzalez. So we got a loaded episode coming at you very shortly. Have an amazing week once again and thank you for your continued support.